My name is Drew Burns, and I'm a part of a small group of dentists who believe something crazy. We believe that the standard of care is just not good enough. We demand the best of ourselves and the best for our patients. We believe that the best way, no, the only way to practice dentistry is on our own terms. If you ask the dental consultants or the corporate CEOs, they tell you that what we're doing isn't smart, that fee-for-service dentistry is dead, and that the golden age of dentistry is over. Yet, while others focus on profits first, we focus on the patient first. And yet our offices are some of the most profitable in the entire country because we invest in ourselves and we are doing things right. It's our name on the door and it's our reputation on the line. My name is Drew Burns and I am a fee-for-service dentist. This is the Fee-for-Service Dentist Podcast and these are our stories. Welcome to the Fee-for-Service Podcast. Dr. Sonny Spira, again, still substituting for Drew, by, Drew Burns as Drew does baby and daddy duties at home. Today I have a special guest and he's a friend of mine that I've met through his business, really. Um, he runs a deli catering food service business. And uh, we'll talk about his roots and where he started and the fascinating, anybody from the Jersey Shore area, South Jersey, North Jersey, Mid Jersey, Seaside Heights, Brielle, Spring Lake, any, Point Pleasant Beach is where his main shop and main operations are. And we have a place here and I get to step in every single time I come down, it never fails. Food is phenomenal, but the service is red carpet service. And I know that that was a really interesting topic on some of the health things that we've done on the Facebook live groups. So I wanted to get Joe here and um, well, let me introduce him. It's, it's Joe Leon from Joe Leon's uh, What's the name of Jolio's? Italian Specialties. Italian Specialties, right? And we're going to get where he came from, how he developed his whole concept. A uh, lot to be gleaned and a lot to be learned. And I think you're going to find this fascinating. So, all right, Joe, tell us a little bit. Give us a little bit of your background so everybody can understand where you come from and, and, and then kind of the genesis of all this. Well, I'm American Italian. All right. My roots uh, come from uh, a village called Molfetta in Italy. Uh, and uh, you have some roots there too, yeah. your, your wife's family. Yeah, my father-in-law. Yeah. And um, so I'm very proud American Italian. I always refer to myself as an American Italian, American first and Italian second. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, am born and raised in Hudson County and uh, I lived in Ocean County. I've, been, I've kind of moved all around the state uh, throughout my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I've been very uh, blessed to be around good Italian culture, uh, mm-hmm. food, uh, started uh, baking uh, well into my early teens, uh, baking bread. Um, then I decided to go to culinary school um, and uh, decided to come down here to the Jersey Shore. I felt that there was a pretty neat, a pretty good need for bread. Mm-hmm. And we started our base was around bread. And uh, it's a very organic story um, that it was a need 24 years ago down here at the Jersey Shore. Mm-hmm. And it was a, um, I, you know, it's really something because a lot of people, they hire me to do consulting and to mm-hmm. brand their business and to start their business. And they say, well, I'm going to a bank. What do I, what do I start with? What mm-hmm. do I, what do I go with? And I'm like, you know, my business started out so organic from grassroots 
that it started where we started making bread and then people started asking for sandwiches. Then mm -hmm. we started doing cold cuts. Had a nice little lunch business going. I started doing prepared home meals. Um, then we started doing like grocery items and cookies and pastries. And then we started doing catering. And, uh, you know, a lot of times people like to refer to, you know, Italian deli. Yeah. You know, I always took it to making a an Italian specialty store yeah. where yeah. we specialize in Italian meats and cold cuts and prepared foods. And But everything is surrounded by, around the, the loaf of bread because mm -hmm. that's what that's what we started with. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's been a great run. It's been a true American dream, mm -hmm. a success story. Um, I have kind of a little bit of different philosophies than a lot of people do. Um, what's worked for me the best uh, is that I surround myself with people that were better than me in many areas. Um, I didn't get, get I didn't allow an ego to get in my way. Um, I wanted to learn a better way, a new way. Mm -hmm. And every day I try to learn off of my team members. I'm, I'm always in search of looking for someone that can bring something to the table that can grow the business. Mm -hmm. And I give them credit for that. I don't hold it. And with our reputation and because I put my name on it, I would be lying to the community and lying to myself and my family if I said, oh, you know, I'm Joe Leon. I did all this. This is all my recipes. Mm -hmm. Totally far from the truth on that point. It's just surrounding myself with great people mm -hmm. and letting those great people do what they do great. And, and uh, try to coach them along, make them get greater. Mm -hmm. So you came. Let's go back a set. Let's go. Let's take it back into a little bit to the very beginning. When you were in Hudson County, like Hoboken area, Hoboken, yep. Weehawken area, and that's another connection that we have because that's where my wife is from too. Um, so yeah, you started working at an early age, right? Yes. How old were you when you started? I want to say maybe about 11 or so. 11 years old, right? And it wasn't a paper route. What were you doing? Baking bread. Baking bread. Baking bread. <laughs> I and, love it. Uh, you know, learned uh, my first job was Plaza Bakery in Sea Caucus. Uh, my grandmother's both lived in Sea Caucus, and I started working with this guy. And I just, uh, I fell in love with the art of, of baking. And I, I was always uh, enamored by, you know, cooking I love also. But with baking, you know, you have, you know, let's say eight standard ingredients, flour, water, salt, mm -hmm. yeast, uh, sugar, malt and things. And it can come out as a magnitude of so many different things. So I was always fascinated by like, wow, we got this one corner full of dry ingredients and you got a refrigerator with eggs and milk in it. And you put it in bowls, you mix it and you pipe it through bags or you roll it or you mix it and you mm -hmm. scale it and it becomes different items that people enjoy um and that's like one of the things when i when i came down here was that when when i, I um i started dating my wife and when i came down here the bread was horrible in restaurants mm -hmm. so i i you know uh, with my father-in-law kind of kind of saying joe you should put something down here. You should really open up a bread place. Mm -hmm. And then um, there was this place in Brielle that um, the name at the time was uh, John Anthony's. Mm -hmm. And I poked my head in there a little bit and started working there, seeing what's going on. And I was just like, you know, I think I can, I'm onto something here. 
So then I decided to, you know, take it, take the shot, you know, take the dream and push right. through and try it out. So you're 10 years old, 11 years old, you're working in the bakery, making bread. At what point? Actually washing dishes. Oh, washing dishes. Okay. At what point did you feel like, hey, I could actually, I could actually do this. I can make this bread. I feel like I'm a baker at this point. How many years did you feel before you could at least have a working comfort? Well, what happened was uh, my mom and my dad divorced. So my dad lived in Lincroft. Uh And I started when I was, um, I'd say probably when I was like 16, 17, I started working at this place called Giovanni's in Little Silk. Okay. And um, they were a bread bakery and they were like kind of like a specialty store where they did some prepared foods and sauces and things like that. So the concept of, of Jolion's was kind of around me, mm-hmm. but it wasn't really the, um, the model that it, it took for itself. Um, and I just really um, looked at it and I said, you know, I like to work. So like I like physical work. I love mornings. I, I I'm I'm always getting up in the morning and working. I just feel that the most gets accomplished in the morning, uh, in the wee hours of the morning. And uh, I I just always enjoyed the art of of making bread. But I I the future of fee for service dentistry is based in membership patience. If you need help starting your membership plan, or if your plan is too big for your team to manage. Visit dentalmembershipdirect.com to set up your free membership growth solution demo with our team. Went into like the artisan breads as Jolion started getting built up and started adding different lines and different products of breads. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love the history of bread. Uh, I, I do have a deep uh, faith life, um, my Catholic religion mm-hmm. uh, about bread itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think bread, bread of life. Bread of life. I mm-hmm. think, uh, you know, it's, it's not, I'm not comparing it to the Eucharist, but yep. it's the way of. Symbolic. Yeah. 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 And I think it just always has a very good, good strength to it, you know. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think the, the, the principles of making uh, of, let's say, bread itself, mm-hmm. you know, it's water. Humans need water. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot of rest and fermentation. Humans need rest. Cells from the yeast, salt. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's a lot of strength that gets built up within that. It's a very, um, and you know, like down here, what I got to experience was bringing a product from Northern Jersey, New York area, mm-hmm. you know, you know, even it was in Little Silver, coming down here where the bread was all very spongy mm-hmm. and seeing people come back and return and be like, wow, that bread was really good. I love the crust. I love the salt. I, I love the, uh, the, the salt inside, the crust on the outside. And then the want for them to want us to make sandwiches on it. Mm-hmm. And then it started with like, you know what, I'm going to make some pasta dishes and I'm going to do things by the tape, by the hot table. Just was, a, you know, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. It's been an amazing experience, you know. When I look, when I think back of it and talk about it, I don't really talk that much about it. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, it's a great run. So, at what point did you set up? Because you, you you rented a garage, right? Am I correct? Mm-hmm. You rented a garage in Neptune, right? Neptune, New Jersey, and that's where Jolion's organically started, right? Yeah. And that was bread. And right. you were how old at that time? Twenty. Twenty years old. And you said you did culinary school? Yep. And that was I, I was in culinary school, culinary institute. Uh, couldn't afford to, I was put myself through school. Mm-hmm. Uh, couldn't afford to graduate from there. 
Um, that's when I realized that uh, things are about money more than about the principle of it. Um, you know, I don't hold any grudges about it because, you know, there were, there was people that graduated from that school that mm -hmm. put themselves through it. But most of the, most of the students that I were with were their second time around mm -hmm. going, you know, being paid from their parents and stuff like that. And I, I didn't have that. Mm -hmm. So, um, I learned a lot there, uh, but I didn't officially graduate from there. So mm -hmm. what I said was, okay, what do I do? And I saw an opportunity down here to, uh, Mm -hmm. make it happen so you're talking about this is a self this is a self-made person you can tell how humble he is right because it's just he's you're almost uncomfortable speaking about certain parts of this it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of heartwarming um so so you're 20 yeah you come down here you rent this garage um, uh, and, and you, while I was working at, while I was working right? at John Anthony's, I was, okay. I was working at my regular job because I needed okay. a new job for income. Right. And then I would go and I would bake and then I would have little roots on the side uh -huh. and it would, I had like a cash business. Gotcha. Uh, hope it doesn't catch up to me that I'm saying that, but I had a cash business on the boardwalk in some restaurants where I was making bread out of the garage when okay. I was, you know, and I was building it and I was building my names, my relationship with there. And it started going, and then we decided to put a store together. Which boardwalk? Uh, Seaside, Seaside Boardwalk, yeah. uh, and also here in Point. Oh, Point. Okay, yeah. okay. And uh, were you? Did you have to? Like, did you have to debt? Did you have to deal with the bank? I mean, how did you? How did you set the business part up? Borrow from your dad? I, I mean, just, I just went. Yeah, I just went. I did. figured out. I did what? just, you know, we figured out what we we're gonna do, and we we rolled. You know, we, we rolled through it and uh, it, it just uh, it just was, uh, it was a bit. Okay. So at what point now, because you're working the job and you have your own business, at what point did you say, I got to, I got to go, you know, both lungs into this business? At what point did you say, I got to, well, I got to commit when to I this. opened the store, my, my brother-in-law, John, yeah. um, he was at, he was at Duquesne University and he was working and he was delivering and, and started doing cold cuts and stuff like that. And then I realized as things really started to elevate at Jolion's, I was getting a little bit out of my wheelhouse and being like, you know what? I'm going in, I'm working at two o'clock in the morning, I'm baking bread. And then I started making fresh mozzarella and then I started doing roasted peppers and we started doing meatballs. And then I had these employees and payroll tax and taxes and, and making sure all the water bills paid and everything else. And my brother-in-law, John, is extremely intelligent. Mm -hmm. And, um, and he didn't graduate from college either. So I had said to him, I said, listen, why don't you come on with me? Um, I borrowed money from his father mm -hmm. and he bought into Joe Leone's and he became a partner. Okay. And John, uh, John's a great, great partner. Um, wonderful, um, wonderful friend, dedicated, loyal, um and but, family right and family, family also yeah he's which, my family he's my he's right. my wife's younger brother which can be good and in italian families can be, can be bad challenging yeah i could say you know what it's been 20 it's going on 24 years and if my brother-in-law and john memorable fights that we've had was maybe about three mm -hmm. um but we work it out you know he's my choice of reason you know we have um, a very very thick line in the sand that we don't cross Mm -hmm. um, he stays on his side. I stay on mine. 
uh, when he came into the business uh, officially as a, par as a partner uh, was nine, uh, 2001. Okay. We opened up in 97 when he was an official partner. Then he became like, you know, you're the CFO of the company. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't sign a check. Mm -hmm. He doesn't go in and stir the soup. <laughs> He's not mixing dough in the morning, but he, you know, his inputs are sure. to me more so than when I go to him and I say, hey, listen, you know, he, it's funny if we overindulge into something and spend more money than we're supposed to, he always says, I always enabled you to do that. <laughs> so always enabled me. Well, that's his job, right? He's CFO. And he's very, he's the rhyme or reason with me, you know, he's, he does but, right. But he also probably says, I've got to give Joe, uh, you know, you, you've got to have a huge wiggle room, right? He's got to let you create because I mean that's genius of some of the things that you're doing. Oh yeah, he's Think been always you, so right. He's yeah. always been so back. He backs me as a big brother, yeah. and he backs me as a partner. And he, as long as it makes sense to him, he'll he'll. And I'm sure there's a lot of things that didn't make sense to him, but there's there's mm -hmm. most of it makes sense. Now I, I, you mentioned you talked very highly of you know the team, the people around you, surround your people, surround yourself with people that had either better skills or greater capabilities or, or wider boundaries, let's call them. Um, talk about some of like the, the businesses and the mentors that you use that helped you go from a garage in Neptune to what you have today with 172 employees, and, you know, two different uh, retail locations, as well as the baking area, as well as the catering and catering services and all the things that you you input all the things that you have going on now. Talk about like who, who or what helped you mold, uh, it, it, you know, and shape Joe Leon's today. Well, you know, the start at the base, I would say my grandfather Pasquale Trauma, mm -hmm. um, immigrant from Italy. Uh, he he taught me, and you know, talk about old school way. It's basically work so you can't work anymore and get up the next day and work hard. It works more. <laughs> and just keep working and plugging and plugging. Um, one of the things what you know, like, I mean, I don't know, my grandfather had maybe maybe a fourth grade education. Um, but like he just had that way of like, listen, you know what? I got on the boat, I came here. Mm -hmm. You know. So I'm um, so was, thankful for him. Right. He so made he the sacrifice. He was the immigrant and right. he given so much to me mm -hmm. that work ethic that was not like the the normal uh grandpa saying hey you got to go to work it was like come here mm -hmm. work you know pick up these things do that you know move things around and 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 that was the base mm -hmm. um so like one of the things where i if you're a hard worker mm -hmm. you can work for me you can work for me you can work with me mm -hmm. um one of the things I realized that when I was 20 and my brother John was 18, because mm -hmm. he's two years younger than me, one of the things that we would hit heads with is that older people would know so much more than we did, mm -hmm. right? And I used to, sometimes I remember, I used to calm down my brother John because it's like, listen, you know what, we're in a position of ownership here, right? we have people that are 20 and 30 years old and us working for us mm -hmm. and they're working for us. Let's not get excited when they tell you how to do things or what to do. 
step yourself back and listen and learn mm-hmm. what we could do. You know, I'm, I'm a big believer that even though that I'm talking so much now, I'm a listener. I like to listen to what's going on and I like to watch what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I ask questions. I'm not into the whole like show of it. Mm-hmm. So like we had like, um, or we had, uh, so I had uh, immigrant, mm-hmm. Mexican immigrants, right? Hard workers. Mm-hmm that have an amazing amount of talent. Mm-hmm. But one of the things which is crazy is they're not formally trained. Mm-hmm. So with me, it's okay, this is how we make meatballs. Mm-hmm. And what's amazing when what they, I don't know if it's in their genetics or whatever is that when they see something once, when they see something once, they see it, they do it every single time, like the first time they saw it. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing to see it. They don't, they, they absorb and they're just very good visual learners. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is I started identifying to while I'm in the kitchen cooking, I'm looking at people who have fast hands, who move quick, mm-hmm. who have good work ethic. And I start building them up and building them up and building them up. Mm-hmm. And they're full fledged chefs. Mm-hmm. After 20 years, they're still working for me. Mm-hmm. And they, they've, trained my way and they have that good work ethic where they're 15 minutes before time Mm -hmm. you know we say there's time there's your time there's time and there's jolion time jolion time is 15 minutes before always Mm -hmm. um so it's been you know but that in that area then i said to myself okay um i have to i have to bring in i have to kind of go out and sort out or or try to get people to come in that are better than me in certain areas. One was uh, a guy by the name of Martin Daphner. Um, he was an amazing, amazing uh, merchandiser, just knew how to do displays, knew how to do flows in the store, mm-hmm. uh, knew how to buy products. Uh, then the real official chef chef that came in was a guy by the name of Dan Alpaw. Mm-hmm. He was great. He just knew a lot of recipes. He was a machine. He just had years and years and years of knowledge mm-hmm. and i had a guy by the name of joe desiderio which was um, he was 83 years old baker from brooklyn mm-hmm. came into joe leone's and taught me how to take the bread from good to great mm-hmm. and then it just started going from there um now where did uh, where, where did you where did these people come from just all over, like uh, Martin. Uh, Martin worked at a place called Normandy Market. Uh, Did they that, seek you out? They came to me. Yeah, yeah. That's they awesome. came to me for jobs. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and it's just like I'm. I just let them run. Yeah. Let them run. Keep the you know keep the fishing line on them, but let them run. Go to their potential. Watch and learn. Watch and learn. Let them go. I mean, some in some cases, you know, like a guy like like Martin, um, you know, he was just a, he was absolute buying genius, uh, uh, marketing master. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just uh, uh, merchandising, marketing. I mean, just when you come in the stores, he just would take such small space and make something elaborate. Look at it. I mean, but horrible manager. Like mm-hmm. he wasn't he wasn't a good manager. Right. But like you had to keep somebody like that in a manager role. But that's how you like learn. You see what's going on. Like you know, you have people that are good workers, but then when you make them into managers, sometimes they let you down. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
but like but like that guy Dan when he came in the kitchen he was able to show the the like Chris and Willie and the and the Mexican guys on how to take it up a lot more than what I could show them. Mm-hmm. I would show them the Joey on basics mm-hmm. and what basic cooks that I know from what I got when I was at culinary school, um, and then what I got at home. But then, like bringing in and filtering different talents mm-hmm. through there actually adds to the recipe of the success of it all. The recipe of the success, right now. That should translate very well to the dental, right? And I, as I hear you talk, and I, I always am always bringing it back to my business and what we do. And, and, and what really struck me was interesting was watching this person. He had fast hands and watching this person. And they were able to replicate something from the start every single time the same way. So now it comes down to, well, you got to make sure you're training them correctly, right? Like, for example, my mother-in-law is famous for when she teaches you recipes, she leaves out one ingredient, so you're not going to be as good as hers, right? That's on purpose, right? But if you're wanting to train people to function at a very high level, you've got to train them really, really well, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I look at it like from our from our business, we have a team of people that are, are there delivering service and product, right? And if your dental assistant chair side isn't on the same page, doesn't know that we do this first and then we do that next and then we do this. And then at the end that provides this service, then, you know, we failed, we failed as management, we failed as leaders, we failed as captain of the ship, whatever word you want to use, but you know, that's the leadership part. But I find it also fascinating to think about, okay, Baker, culinary, cooking background, has a brother-in-law who's good with the business math side, but you still have to, run a business and you talked about it, merchandising, where do things go? What do you buy? What do people want? Putting it on shelves where people can see it. I don't know if people understand even the psychology of shopping, you know, and you had to learn that too. Yeah. And he so, taught me. He fascinating. Taught me. Yeah, it's fascinating. He taught me a lot. A lot of people have taught me a lot. Um, you know, like we had, uh, we had some old guys from Newark. Mm-hmm. Um, that we're in and, and, and that would work for us. And they were old school. They brought that old schoolness. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we had a couple other guys that made mozzarella in Hoboken, uh, uh, worked for the, actually the original Fioris mm-hmm. uh, for um, uh, Joe Fiori. His name's um, Mike Strapoli had passed away. You know, he brought in a lot of different stuff, you know, and, you know, little by little, this guy, Dan Monblanco, he showed us how to cut cheese the way we cut our cheese. If you notice our cheese is cut, it's wrapped, it's tight. Mm-hmm. All these little different instruments or little management ingredients that all these people have put in place has just made Joe Owens what it is today. And I'm really proud of that, you know. Now, Joe's main store in Point Pleasant Beach is right across the street from, a, we'll call it an American Dell, but a grocery store, which has same brands a lot of stuff yeah. some of the similar brands sure. if not same brand of meat cold cuts yeah and, and i remember having that conversation with you and you said there how many steps what, what did you say uh um oh, so our deli counter is 1941 and a half feet from the deli counter in the stop and shop across the street so think about that detail right think about that he knows exactly the number of feet from his deli counter to their deli counter Right, and then the, and then from there is another thousand feet is a is another deli counter, which is the bagel shop. Right now, 
you you said you have to be different, right? You had to differentiate yourself. So that's what we're going to get into, and I think that's just it's so mission statement. Let's let's hit. You have what's your mission statement? If you don't mind. Well, you know, when, when developing a mission statement, yeah. uh, and and being advised once we started getting into like thirty and forty team members, mm -hmm. um, they need we need to make an employee manual. Yep. Right. So the mission statement. Uh, from what I understand, they made my brother-in-law John and I write up a whole like introduction of you know, Joe. You know, it started here. Joe went to the Culinary Institute. Yeah. You know, blah blah blah. We opened up in 1997. You know, goes into that. Honestly, that is not um, in my mind mm -hmm. a mission statement. A mission statement is something that the owners and the upper management has to follow and it has to make, you have to make it infectious, mm -hmm. right? So um, we decided uh, that um, our mission statement was excellence. Um, and if you look at the definition of excellence, the definition of excellence is a tradition built upon training, quality, and service. Mm -hmm. Training, quality, quality and service. service. Does that sound anything familiar with dentistry? I mean, those are three hallmarks of a good dental practice. Training, quality product, and service. So keep going. I mean, it's just fascinating. Keep going. So with, with excellence is, is more so like we have um, uh, we have a, a team member that I had asked that gave great excellence that does uh, pencil drawings. And he did a pencil drawing of the younger version of, of younger me opening up. Uh, when I was 21 mm -hmm. in, in the main store. Like, I, I don't really refer to the, the, the garage as more of a, when we opened up the main store um, and then just pictures of different snapshots of pictures of people working through the years with the Jolion Lion, but we have them hanging everywhere. We have them in our vans, we have them in our warehouse, we have them uh, in our lunch break areas, we have them, but it's not really for the customers to go, oh, excellence, a tradition and it's, and it's on the bottom. Um, they're not, going, oh, excellence, Jolion's believe in excellence. That's for our team members. Mm -hmm. And I actually had, talk about surrounding yourself with people that are better than you. This kid was going to art school and he would, and I said, I want you to draw something for me. And I, want, and I gave him some photographs and I said, I want you to write excellence and I want you to draw something for me. Because that resonates in our orientation at Jolion's of our team, a team member drew that. Mm -hmm. through his talent of what excellence is to him mm -hmm. okay and so one of the things which is definitely part of it's it's in your job description is you have to learn something each day so train to learn or do something better each day mm -hmm. right quality it's not just the quality of the food which is a very very important thing it's the quality of you is your hair combed is your teeth brushed? Mm -hmm. Is your is your is your sleeves rolled down? Are you pressed? Are you looking good? We have mirrors when you punch in. What do you look like? What do you see yourself as? Um, we always have a fifteen minute grace period of like of you know Jolion time. You're due in fifteen minutes before. That fifteen minutes before you punch in, you make sure that everything is tight, looking neat, and as clean as possible. So you're presenting yourself with good quality. Mm -hmm. Right. And then what kind of quality of work are you doing work? Right. That's the quality aspect of it. And then there's the service, which is internal service. Mm -hmm. You know, so everybody thinks everybody has a different perception on service. Mm -hmm. 
um, uh, you know, quality service um, can mean so much to everyone else of like some people, you know, like, I guess I can kind of, kind of put it in our same equation. I mean, we put food in people's mouths mm -hmm. and they're eating it and it's going into their body, mm -hmm. right? So there's a big thing there. It's a, there's, there's a trust there, mm -hmm. okay? You're putting instruments in people's mouths. Yep. There's a trust there. So when I say about the service, it's, it's you gotta look at what the patron or in your case, the patrons are look, the patients mm -hmm. are looking at mm -hmm. is a matter of what the experience is. I went out and I worked hard for this money. I'm gonna go in and pay this amount of money for for chicken parmigiano or or penny alla vodka or mm -hmm. sandwich. Okay, is that chicken? Is it safe to eat? Is it held at right temperature? Is it gonna make me sick? And is it gonna taste great? So there's a lot of things there. Mm -hmm. So when I talk about service, it's the expectation of the service of someone, you know, someone that's going to a dental chair is going to say, I don't want to be in pain. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be tugged around. I don't want to be ignored. I want mm -hmm. to be passionate. If I got to grab your hand, I got to grab your hand, yep. you know, whatever that, whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. um, but service you got to know the people that you're serving and what kind of what 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 kind of expectations do they have and we try to reach that with service and then the other thing is is the only way that we're able to achieve that 100% or at least 98% is to give them good internal service internal service is key you have bad internal service you have terrible ex external service let me let me interrupt you for one second because I want I want to because we're going we're going we're in a great direction. What's your average bill of sale per customer? Um, like average ticket. I would say probably like thirty to forty dollars. Thirty to forty dollars. There is nothing in the dental office that we do for thirty or forty dollars, right? So our average ticket is probably anywhere from. 155 times that to eight times that to 10 times that. So listen to the listen to the detail and the description that Joe's sharing with us that he to that detail for a 30 to 40 dollar sale. And for us, for a much higher ticket item sale, to not pay attention to our own businesses in the same fashion is really a, sh a shame, right? And we're going to get into some more stuff that, that, that and we're, we're going down this path. And, and this is just pure Joe. It's, it's beautiful is understanding, right? Everything matters. If, if, if you haven't picked up on it, every little, if you've been in his store, you'll see everything matters. You won't see, it's like Disney world. You don't see garbage at Disney world. You don't see cigarette butts on, on the ground at Disney world. Right. And, and you don't see garbage cans anywhere, even though they're there, you don't see garbage because it's covered, but, it's it's a it's a very and, and you're buying you know you're buying meals you're buying cold cuts you're buying sandwiches and fresh mutts which is the best fresh mozzarella on the planet if you've never had it. Uh, and the bread's phenomenal but everything is great but it's it's you're you're in a store that you've probably been in similar stores but you probably don't even understand the, the differences and all of the things like like to use your analogy all the, the ingredients that go into the recipe 
of the sale, right? The merchant and everything. So let's 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 hit because I wanted to really get and drive home the, the service part. So let's talk about because you and I had this conversation not long ago about the internal service, and I, I was just kind of blown away. It's never been presented like that, right? We're so always talking is about that represented to you like that. Not really as internal service, right? Everything's customer service. Okay, customer service. What do you do for the customer? You open the door, you seat them, you give them, you know, comfort items and things mm -hmm. that, that cater to them, right? But it's 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 your team and it's the people and the and the pro it's the people product, you know, that are 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 in front of them and, and look at the time and energy that you spend on all those details. So but talk talk more about the internal service because okay. I think it's phenomenal. So the internal service, you could give everything. You mm -hmm. could give everything to the customer and make them feel good. But if there is a sense that a customer or a patient, we call them guests. Yes. Um, uh, let's just call them whoever. You know, we'll call we'll call everybody guests, right? Mm -hmm. So um, in terms of Joe Young's guest, so a guest are are a lot smarter than we think. Yep. Okay, and they will pick up on anything that they sense mm -hmm. is going on. Okay, so like one of the things where, and I don't know if this goes on in your industry, because um, I don't see the stuff from the behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Okay, but like I always say, like, especially I work on to our kitchen team. So our kitchen team, we always say, listen, the people who are handling the guests it's so important and imperative that you're kind and nice with you when they ask you a question. You don't snap at them. You don't yell at them. You don't demean them. You don't do that. So the analogy for that for us, mm -hmm. right? So you have the back office and front office, right? So you have the people behind the scenes, mm -hmm. your cooks, your chef, your meal prep. For us, right, that's going to be... Um, your people answering the phones, your administrative assistants, your insurance coordinator, your billing coordinator, those people who do all those things. They might be one interface with the patient. They may not be anything with the delivery part. Okay. Right? So the back of the office and the front of the office. So so to me, just to make this relative, if if you can't figure it out, Dennis, I feel sorry for you, but there's such a such a cross, you know, training thing here. But so so continue. So if you have to have a special talent. Mm -hmm. to be in a situation and and to be honest that i mean it's 2021 people are a lot more sensitive mm -hmm. uh worker team member wise than anything else right so you got to handle things the best you can where years ago you could put somebody in their place and you know yell at them or whatever and they would shrug it off and just go about business you know now people are just wrecked and you could tell by their body language. You could tell by the way they're looking, the way they seem, the way they have their head down. So it takes a special person that could go in the back of the kitchen and ask a question to a cook. And the cook yells and screams, get out of my face. What are you, stupid? Blah, 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 mm -hmm. whatever, whatever the scenario could be. Mm -hmm. And then go out the door and be like, oh, hi. How right. are you? How are you doing? How can I help you today? So we try to eliminate it right at that point. So we, when we say internal customer service, we look at, we look at team members or fellow team members or colleagues within the organization as practice. Mm -hmm. So like if you're teaching, if you're practicing internal service 
within each other and you're giving great service to each other, the external service will be that much greater because they're in the zone. They're not putting a fake face on. Mm -hmm. They're not, it's thank you. Oh, absolutely. Yes, there is red peppers in that. Oh no, oh yes, that is made with flour. Um, we can make it without flour. Make that make that get of uh, that customer uh, feel better by that interim because they gotta look like you know, coming from I'm not gonna name uh, a place that I worked, but it was in a restaurant and it really bothered me that like we were in the kitchen and like guys on the kitchen line would actually hold the plates back and like put them under the hot steam to burn the waitress, waitress and waiters' fingers. If they were, if they were busting chops, they were giving them, yeah, they were getting, giddy, stuff, giddy. that was their way back. Yeah. Or what they would do is they would hold back their food, knowing that that guest sitting there waiting is going to be pissed off that they want their food and they're waiting longer so that they're not going to get a good tip where they're going to make their lives measurable from that side of things. And that interface with the pay, that, that, that customer interface with that person, you make that person look bad. Therefore you're, you're Right, but it yeah. makes no sense because no, the, culture, no sense. the, the culture, culture, like the people in the back of the house in the kitchen, like this is these people sitting in those seats are paying for you. Yeah, right. You have to good good service. Right. And that's the one thing that bothers me, you know. And then what happens is from the other end in the front of the house, yeah. they'll sit there and be like, uh, you know what, I'm going to make it real difficult. I'm going to you know, throw something in there to make the dish difficult. And it, and it goes back and forth. It's like an un, it's like an unsaid argument mm -hmm. that just constantly goes back. It's like us and Undercurrent. them. Yeah. It's us and them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I can only imagine when I do do my uh, family talks and, and, and motivational speaking about internal service and things like that, you know, I do talk to doctor's offices. I do go and I see different areas where they feel demeaned by the doctor mm -hmm. or that the nurse seems a little more cutting or, or snippy or sassy with the, with the doctor. Well, picture this, day. you come in for an appointment um, and I've, I've been your nurse for the day. And then I go to the front and I take your chart and I throw it at her, right? And I say, you need to look this up on their insurance, right? That's a horrible message versus saying, Oh, by the way, you know, Mr. Leone would like some information on his insurance. Can, can we have that, please? Right? S similar. Same. Right? Same concept of F you, F you, right? Nobody gets anywhere, you know? Right. And who gets shortchanged? The customer. customer. The patient. Yes, the patient, you know? So it's. And it's that's what the whole thing is. It, and we try to go. And I, and I learned, as I can't say that the internal customer service, I'm not going to take credit for that. I learned that from Steve Wynn. Mm -hmm. uh, Steve Wynn's amazing. Tell that story about Steve Wynn. That's a great story. Uh, Steve is, so I, I'm really into, um, and, and that's the other thing, like, you know, like you talk about building the business. Yeah. The career. I always like to find how other people are running their business. Yeah. And when I would go to catering conventions and stuff like that, I would sort out good customer service conferences. Mm -hmm. And I would go to a customer service conference. Uh, and uh, the guest speaker was Steve Wynn. And two things I learned from Steve Wynn was when he was up there, one guy asked a question. They said, Mr. Wynn, how do you win in a casino? And he laughed and he goes, you own it. And that was number <laughs> one. 
and number two, we went into his whole deal about internal service. Mm -hmm. And I was so enamored and I was so like, listen to maybe a 15 minute conversation about internal service and how he handles it. I was so like, wow. And he's talking about a casino. Well, casino hotel. Right. Casino hotel. You're running restaurants. Everything. You're running a a food business. We're running a dental office. And all of this is is German, is is essential to it. Right. It's best. So he's going in on this. And I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to ask him to go to dinner. So he's walking. He has a security. Now, now, mind you, anyone that knows about Steve Wynn, he's he's um, he's blind uh, in his eyes. His, his eyes are getting blinder. I guess like, I don't know what the term is. They kind of they said that he could only see through a straw. Like he looks like you know. So his pupils are real small. Whatever. He's a genius. I mean, the way he's built hotels and casinos and restaurants and and put people together. Talk about somebody that surrounded himself with great people around him. That that's a great example. So I walk up, I go, Mr. Wynn, call me Steve. Steve, can I take you to dinner? He stops, he like looks at me, he's like, huh? <laughs> You're gonna take me to dinner? And he's like, he's normally the one that, I yeah. assume that he's the only one to the dinner. So yeah. yeah, I took him to the mix. Uh, it was on top of uh, Mandalay Bay. I was in the new uh, hotel called The Hotel. Had a nice dinner with the man. He was, he was uh, very gracious. I mean, kind of felt, he, I kind of felt he was out of his sorts. Like he's normally used to picking up the tab mm-hmm. and entertaining. And, and I just said, you know, it's just worth for me just to hear it and talk about how he built it and mm-hmm. how his philosophy and, and one of his things are, and, and, I, and it's very hard to do. If I see somebody at like a level 10, meaning like, the highest 10, like really mistreating somebody. Mm-hmm. If it's between eight and 10, it's an immediate termination right on the spot. Mm-hmm. And right. that's defined right in your handbook too, right? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. If it's lower than eight and a little bit, I, I'll get into it and be like, hey, hey, listen, you know what? You're, you're, you're giving each other bad internal service. I think you need to go home mm-hmm. and think about it. If it's on a lower thing, you can say, listen, I'm gonna suggest that you go to a human resource manager and we're gonna we're gonna talk about this and, and break it down. But I don't have that time to to, mm-hmm. to so I try to get into the managers and directors' minds of you expect your managers. I to expect do that. my managers to do that. Right? Yes. I expect my managers to do that. Um, you know, I I'm having in uh, uh a manager retreat. I do manager retreats uh, twice a year with my management team. And I tell them, I'm like, listen, you know, I, they need to check themselves mm-hmm. and they need to check each other and they need to check the people who, who work for them to say, if they're not within the culture, if they're not in or they're, they're devious or anything's going on, <laughs> they gotta go. <laughs> so and we call up and we suggest when we say they gotta go, we just think that they should be successful somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not here. Yeah, you give them an invitation to move on with their career. Um, let, let me let, let's. Uh, so, and I hope people are picking up these little things, right? He just said this human resource manager. Now, mind you, right? What business Joe's in? What business we're in, right? So, let's talk about your organizational structure, right? Because you had to develop it as you have grown from a garage making bread 
to a to a rest to a, a store, rest a, you know a storefront to a storefront to a specialty service. I hate talking about right? that stuff. You didn't tell me we were going to talk about uh, beginnings and all. Well, that. I had to, man, because I, I, I think your story is phenomenal. I mean, it's and, and also I didn't even tell you right as you were growing up. I mean, picture in your head, eleven year old kid going out to work, but you had sisters that you had to take care of too. Mm-hmm. We we even hit that. I don't think Let's people not, could grasp that. that. You know, but think of I mean, just you can't. You can't walk in someone's shoes you, unless you understand it all. And I think most of us probably couldn't have walked in your shoes anyway. Um, let's I've talk. been rewarded many times. We all have time in your life. But yeah. But it made you who you are, right? You know, you wouldn't go back and change a thing. I know. I, I, lived, I lived that way. You know, I'm, I, I had mistakes, but they made me They made me sunny today. You know, so yeah. that's what it is. So as you're going along, how did you, how did you figure this out? Like, cause as you, I think growing pains is a big issue in a lot of businesses, Major. right? And we had just talked about this the other day with some dentists and, and, and as they grow, they want to keep that. Cause when you're, you know, a, a party of five, let's say it's very easy, easy to kind of keep an eye on, are we all doing the customer service or are we all doing it internally? But then as you grow or add hours and, and levels, right? How did you set up your organizational structure? That's fascinating. And then just, just give us some just give us some idea of some of the organizational structure you have. Because I know you have levels of management mm-hmm. and care. You go into the deli and you see people behind the counter and there are blue hats and there are different colors. And they all indicate different things. How, how did you how did you set that up? All right. So I can't say that I set that up. Um, I was trained to set it up. Uh, I <clears throat> I realized, uh, so maybe, I would say 10 years ago, mm-hmm. let's, let's put 10 years on it, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I realized that I was micromanaging a lot and I was micromanaging some things and I was, you know, overstepping things or I call it steamrolling mm-hmm. and, and trying to do everything that the way I wanted and- But kind of- that's a common mistake. I did exactly the same thing. Big, big mistake. Yeah. But what happens is, is that, and I'm sure of those of you that are owner practices and stuff like that are business owners, you can't get a really good read on an employee or a teammate yeah. uh, member, team member. You cannot get a good read on them because they're not going to work the way they do when you're not around mm-hmm. in front of you. So everything is, they're moving the papers, they're moving around, yes, sir, okay, bah, 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 mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> and that used to be very frustrating for me because I would walk out and then they'd go back to doing something. And I said, you know what? We gotta take a step back here. So one of the things that I really have a great appreciation for is our military. So I started inquiring about military and people, retired military people mm-hmm. looking at different ranks and things like that and actually setting it up like a military structure. Um, we, uh, one of our current, our back of the house operations director, um, Elizabeth Boba Hayes, now, her father, Kevin Boba used to do consulting and work for the Navy, mm-hmm. the, uh, Navy. And um, and uh, a naval weapons station Earl, mm-hmm. and he worked there. And I brought him in to we brought him in and asked him to come in and to help us put this structure in place. Mm-hmm. But it was very very difficult. It was very difficult to stay in your line 
-hmm. But it took me a good three to four years to say, you know what, this works out great. Because I know something like we talked about in the past, it's about minutes, right? So like if I'm walking in the store and someone is a, a counter person is saying, Joe, can I talk to you for a minute? Oh, I asked the manager if I can have off for a wedding in two weeks. And she said no and everything else. That's taking times of me, taking time away from me from creating new breads, creating new recipes, talking to a customer, giving them a good cu customer service experience, noticing a detail and everything else like that. So that's a distraction. So like having structure, you don't have that, you don't have that distraction anymore because right from the get go, you walk in and it's boom, 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 boom. This is who you get for this. If you don't get this answer. So if you're a team member, let's say on the lowest rank of wrong, mm -hmm. you have to answer to your manager. The manager can't help you. Then you go to the director. If the director doesn't help you, you go to human resources. If human resources doesn't help you and it gets up to the ownership, it must be a big issue. Mm -hmm. And you put that in line right from as soon as they sign on. Like this is, you know, you have the doctor here. You know, one of the things are, as is, is my brother-in-law always says, my brother-in-law John is, we're here to make Joe look good, mm -hmm. right? You don't want Joe to look bad with a customer. You want Joe to look bad with a team member. Mm -hmm. So when I realized to put this structure in place was having the talent to bite your lip and to say, you know what? I can't help you. You have to go to your direct supervisor. Hardest thing in the world. Absolutely. 100%. And I, I live with my heart. I, I, you yeah. know, I try to live with my heart. But, people, but passion, and they're people and they're passionate and they work for me. So yeah. they're not going to take it wrong when you sit there and say, you know what, Sonny, I'm really sorry. I can't help you with that. But your manager is the person that can help you with that. So go to your manager and then, you know, and refer to your organizational chart in your handbook, mm -hmm. if, you know, on how to go with that because I don't, I can't help you with that. And, and I set the boundary and I have an orientation with them and I kind of introduce them and I give them my past and I talk about things like we're talking about now, internal service. And we really do hit home the organizational, organizational chart, organizational theory, you know, staying within the lane and understanding that you're going to get proper information. And, and the thing with the organizational chart is exactly what it means, organization. You're organized. Things aren't. Mm -hmm. da, 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 da. So talk, talk. Let's 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 hit that right now, then, right? Or you, orientation. And I remember we, we just talked about this, and I remember, like, like I went home. I had an epiphany after listening to you talk about it. So you do orientation. Just to just just walk us through. Just give us a little um, kind of a not a reader's digest version, but just give us a little background on, on what an orientation, what that means. So if you're a team member and you work for 12 weeks, then you go into an orientation process. Mm -hmm. See, because as everybody knows, it takes a long time and it's cost a lot of money to train somebody. Mm -hmm. So if someone doesn't last those 12 weeks, it's not worth bringing them into the culture to try to, try to spend that time with them. Mm -hmm. So orientation is a full day. Uh, they get to meet every single manager. They get to meet the directors. They get now the directors are just quickly. Okay. So I have, I have, so it's me. Mm -hmm. Then there's my brother-in-law, John, which is the CFO. Mm -hmm. Then we have Anthony. He's the, um, he's the, uh, he's the human resource uh, director. Okay. Then you have 
then you have Liz, and then you have Amanda. Amanda's the front of the house. So anybody that deals with customer service, anyone that deals with a customer mm -hmm. in any way, she oversees that. Uh, sure. that. Then Liz oversees the back of the house, the bakers, the cooks, the delivery, the mm -hmm. transfer, all of that. Mm -hmm. So then, and then you go into, you know, then they meet them and we talk about the organization mm -hmm. structure and the human resource does it, does it, uh, uh, um, just goes over the handbook, mm -hmm. rules, policies, what to do. Mm -hmm. uh, John talks about what his department does, the financial about hours and about what, you know, if something's wrong with this, you come here. And mm -hmm. if something's wrong with your insurance, you go to see Glenn, his assistant. And, you know, we walk him through that. And then midway through, I'll be in the bakery and we will wash dishes mm -hmm. for uh, 23 minutes this year, 24 minutes next year. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because we're 23 years old. Okay. So there's, uh, it, it, and I hope you're also picking up. There's a lot of continuity of symbolism and meaning. It's it's not just we're washing dishes to wash dishes. There's 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 a rhyme and reason to it. So keep going. I walk him through where I started mm -hmm. because you said before. Because remember I said you're baker. And you said no, no. I started washing dishes. Remember? That's right. You told me that. That's right. I said, well, you were baking, you know, I started washing dishes at your first job. So, okay. So you're washing dishes. Uh, Step uh, one. Washing dishes with them. Yeah. Uh, then we wash them and we, we talk and stuff like that. And then we go and we uh, make bread. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, like, I know you like to say, you know, it's like Disney World. Um, I would never be as big as Disney. Uh, but one of the things I noticed that, like, Disney's built around the mouse. Mm-hmm. Jolion's is built around the loaf of bread. Yep. And I feel that every team member that put in 12 weeks and being an important part of the ingredients of Jolion to make it successful should get the opportunity to put their hands and, and their head down and actually make a loaf of bread. Mm -hmm. And we have someone that could be coming in as a cook, someone coming in as a cashier, someone coming in as a catering salesperson, someone coming in as a, del a delivery driver and say, well, why am I making bread? Well, no. You're making bread because this is what this company is founded on. I walk you through what I am and what my comfort zone mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. So that is a, a major, major part of the day. And then we talk about internal service. They hear it from me. Um, you give them the history. Give them the history, Joe right. Leon's, Where Joe Leon where came from, how you are. How yeah. it works, what it does. So you color the picture. You know, you, yeah. you really, and, and that's to me, you know, that's Disney. I mean, they, they explain that when they, they're, they're, they're people that are employees, like they have to understand all the characters, the movies, and, you know, all the people that are Disney, you know? So, um, you know, I just think the one thing I always remember about Disney was people were stopping and asking directions of the street sweepers. So Disney initially said, well, we'll put in information booths, right? And that's what we'll do. We'll push people to information booths. Well, when they said, well, wait a second, they're still going to the street sweepers, but we need to take our street sweepers and make them concierge. So they became the information booths because that's what the customer drove, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I just, there's just so many similarities. So. And then you notice in Disney, they have like a little map in their pocket. Mm -hmm. where if they don't know, they have a referral. They mm -hmm. have the points of 
you know, and that's one of the things like my goal, my next goal, like this year's goal, I set for the next two years. I always set like two years goals for our management. Mm -hmm. So our structure has been really in really good place for, I would say, probably the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, but the next part is, is I want to cross train every one of my managers to be able to manage every department. Mm -hmm. Now, I believe that 50% of my managers could, even though that they don't cook. Mm -hmm. So let's say you got a catering salesperson that had a cover for a cook in the kitchen or the, the head chef in the kitchen that's the manager. With the principles of the internal service, the vision, the quality, the training of excellence, mm -hmm. they could be able to instill that amongst that team as an instrument person. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that they do in Disney. I believe, yeah. We try to do this. We try to do a little bit of ourselves. I mean, believe in our office. So like the person that answers the phones or the person that maybe makes appointments, they should see how the appointments go, what gets done, you know, what gets done in the kitchen, right? What gets done here? Oh, okay, I see that, and it's 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 a process, and it's I think it's um, a lot of I'm, I'm not sure Dennis will appreciate sometimes those little intricacies that I think help appreciate what other people do in order to make the loaf of bread. All the little parts and ingredients have to work. Let's touch on because <clears throat> culture we refer to it a bunch of times. And you, you have a, a program that you do, you're a motivational speaker, but it's it's very, uh, at least a, my understanding is, and correct me if I'm, I'm off on this one, is is uh, about this cult of the culture, and you can see it on your bracelet. It's the, the word family, but it's F-A-M-I-L-Y. Talk about that a little bit, and then I wanna, I wanna get some information so if people do wanna hire you, reach out to you, you know, have you come in and, and do that, just that program that you have, but it all stemmed from the bread. So right. let's talk about family. So family, a uh, friend of mine. Family. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, a friend of mine, Mike Manhart, had come up with this mantra. Mm -hmm. um, and I just love it. And I think it's in the core of trying to, you know, we could sit here all day on this on, on the podcast and mm -hmm. talk about internal service and what to do and hiring the right people, but we try to hit with everyone's core. Mm -hmm. So family and uh, Jolene's is important, and what it stands for is forget about me, I love you. Forget about me, I love you. F A M I L Y. Perfect. Right. Yep. Okay. Now. It's, it's the, the quick version of that is family is a good word because everybody relates to family, mm -hmm. right? So like you see teams say family, break huddles with family mm -hmm. and family is, is held to the highest regard, even with those that don't have family, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Even the ones that don't have family, um, they, they, want to know what a family is mm -hmm. they understand what a family is the value people, of family. people people come from dysfunctional families mm -hmm. and think their families are fine some really come from dysfunctional families and they're not good some have really good family and love their family and have mm -hmm. internal family within themselves it's good stuff but the word family is probably one of the most recognized words right mm -hmm. the other word that's in there is love 
And people get a little confused with love because mm-hmm. what is love, mm-hmm. right? So what we do is instead of getting mushy and being like, oh, Sonny, I love you. It's more of like, hey, listen, you know, everybody has something that they love that they hold to a higher, mm-hmm. something they love to do. So we try to drive that home of what is something you love to do? What is something that, that belongs to you that's passionate about? Yeah, you're passionate about. And then we go around and we talk about that. And then we talk about selfish behavior and selfless behavior, Mm -hmm. because it really is a selfless message. It's saying, Hey, forget about me. I love you. How do I give you better internal service so that we can all thrive from this and make a better person. Um, you know, if we face it, you know, we are a very, um, selfish world. Mm-hmm. Um, and those Very are, are really, really hard things to do. And, you know, we are dealing with humans. Mm-hmm. We are dealing, we come from the same culture. We come from the same, you know, they're, they're watching the same things on TV that mm-hmm. we're watching or the news and, and everything else. And, and it's always catch up with the Joneses and, mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. And we need to uh, really um, take note of that and really think back of ourselves and say, listen, you know, what can I do to be a, a better self, uh, selfless person, mm-hmm. a selfless team member or a person within myself? And, you know, let's do the exercise and be like, you know, okay, put aside your family, put aside your children, put aside your wife, put aside everyone, put aside um, your, your trade. Mm-hmm. What is something that you love? Mm-hmm. I'm asking you a question. Oh, you're asking me. What is something? What is something that you say? Listen, this is mine that I love to do, or I love to to to. And it's amazing because I go to jails and speak about this message. Mm-hmm. And yeah, what is something you love? So my love. Um. You, so you said family. You can't bring them in. Right? Take your family. Put them aside. They're they're. So I did mention family. Okay, honey. I'm thinking about you. Um. Uh. For me, it's it's, it's coaching. Yeah, I love coaching. I love connecting with 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 kids and, and seeing them get it. You know, like when you're teaching something and, and you see it, the light bulb goes up. Or maybe even not that, but they they have a passion. Right. You, you're creating a passion in them mm-hmm. that you have, so you share that passion, and then you see it. And then, and then now, having done it, well, geez, I graduated college in '85. I've been coaching since '85, so. It's 36 years, you know, longer, 36 years. And it's, it's fascinating to see all, you know, these kids now adults, now parents, now, you know, move on. And, you know, many of them still share, if nothing, a fondness for those times, but that passion that, that, you know, or, or, or just creating that team, you know, like, or seeing the team come together through, trauma through difficulty through challenges i remember one year my assistant coach who was my other coach he lost his mother and his father in a short period of time and these kids had played with us for four or five years you know so this same kind of group of kids and since they saw how he handled it it was a lifelong message for them i mean it just it's way beyond absolutely but i could see like just sitting here and i know on the podcast i don't know if you see everything (laughs) saying but very passionate about that, right? Yeah. So like we always own something that's very passionate. So 
that's when like we start diverting because love could be very confusing you know like you 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 grow up and someone loves you a mother a father a guardian you know you you feel that internal love or that love with each other mm -hmm. and then like you get into high school and you say someone says they love you and it's a different feeling and then there's sometimes people hurt you and people that you think love you hurt you mm -hmm. friends and whatever so it's a very confusing word so sometimes people are afraid of, of saying that you know so i kind of like try to break the ice with that like something that i love is i love the fact that that i am able to wake up before the sun comes up and i go to sleep i go to sleep after the sun goes down i always see the fullness of a day mm -hmm. but every single person who i've talked about family with and all around the country you ask them everybody loves something mm -hmm. or to do something and then the other point was, is okay, so then hot, so you got family in your mind and you got love in your mind, right? And then we live in a selfish world. So, and this is something, who would you say is the most selfish person that you've ever met in your life or that is in your life? Selfish? Yes. Um, who? Selfish. It's all about them. Yeah. Ooh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I don't, I don't hang around with a lot of people that are that selfish. Um, cause they're not really in my life. Um, one that comes off the top of my head, there's a, someone I play ball with who's always me, 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 always talks about right. his own personal stats. And, you know, he's always reading me his resume every time I talk to him. And it's like, I don't talk to him that much. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. like, I don't need to hear him. Yeah. So but that bothers you. Yeah, it's kind of like that. But like sometimes, unfortunately, a lot of people like even go deeper and then be like my mother, my father, right, my brother, yeah, my sister, people like you're stuck with, yeah, that you have to deal with. Like, like I unfortunately, one of my sisters is one of the most selfish human beings I know. She's all about herself and takes everybody down with her, and it's just it's it's painful. And I try to teach this over and over and over again, and it doesn't get through. But like, it's embarrassing to say that. Like, we know it's wrong, right? But who is the most selfless person that you know? Oh, my mother. Your mother, yeah. right? See that instant, bang. And you feel good to say that. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel good to say- My wife, same thing. Sure, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But like, it feels good to say something like that, right? So why, and the whole point of the big question of the day or the question of the seminar, or the question of, of, of anything that we talk about is like, why not be that mm -hmm. we're all stuck in like oh my god you know why why am i sick why am i not sick why did this person have why did this happen to me why did my my house flood why did it get up all these different types of things and all the arrows are pointing at, inward. right yeah. inward why aren't you just saying well wait a minute you know there's other people put it outward yep yep and that culture that we try to drive helps us with internal service mm -hmm. And it also gets into the soul of people. And then it also what happens a lot of times where when I do the family talks, people walk away and be like, wow, you know what? This organization really tried to touch on a point about me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they made it about me, not with them. Because you know, sometimes you hear the same bird chirping all the time, service, service, service. But when you have a when you have an outside come in or you you from a different perspective, mm -hmm. it kind of like sticks to the point it's different right it's different like people can I, I it's hard but especially with social media and whatnot the talk the talk 
a lot of folks talk the talk, right? But when push comes to show, I, I always, I always like when we're hiring somebody like a dentist or we're talking to them, I always kind of almost the question is like, what, what do you want written on your tombstone, right? Like, what do you want to stand for? Like, well, everything's all stripped away. Like, who, who are you, right? So that going back to you know that that selfless part, you know, it's just I lost my train of thought here, but um. You know, especially with this whole pandemic thing, everybody is all me. I, I can't do this. I can't do that. I think it's it's refreshing, but I think there's a difference. People people perceive and understand there's a difference. There's a different culture. There's a different breed when they come. Like you said, the outsider comes in with. There's something to this. It's not just walking the walk. It's just not someone saying. And there's a big motto: customers come first. Or, you know, service number one. Take care of the customer number one. No, do you, do you live it? Do you walk it? You know. So. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I have team members that we have shirts. It's a family with the dots on there. We have wristbands, and we give them to all the team members. And you know what? Look, at 170 team members that we have, does anybody believe in the family? No. Mm -hmm. Do I have managers there that are the most selfish people, and they're managing people? Yes, but we try to eliminate that mm -hmm. little by little. We try to change those types of people. 170 people. 170 employees. People. 70 team members right think about that right so it's, it there's a lot of there's a lot that goes into that and and you know that, that, right. that says for that you know i mean yeah, that's a good point what you know what what do you want to say on your headstone you know um i sometimes look at these obituaries of people and then their accomplishments and everything else and you know at the end of the day you know the way i look at it is we're all born round and we all die square it doesn't matter. It's all the in between. You know what I mean? It's just, it's what it is. It's what you make. And, you know, like it, it's funny. My, I have this, my wife was not supposed to um, open this up. I had it in there and said, if I die open, right. That's all it says. Of course she opens it up. <laughs> right. Of course my wife would do this. She opens it up. And all I said is please, don't write an obituary about me. Don't talk about Joe Leone. Just don't talk about what I've done, who, this and that, and everything else. Just you can put my name, you put my name, maybe the, the, at the age of whatever, hopefully it's 100. Try to serve the Lord and his people the best he could. Mm -hmm. That's all I need said about me. Because at the end of the day, everything else has been, I've been very, very blessed with a great business, good people, good people like you in my mm -hmm. line, you know, and, and, uh, you know, we all have bumps in the road and, and, and struggles, but it's, uh, it's about that, you know, mm -hmm. that's, that's, uh, that's the key, but, you know, I try to try to hit someone's heart and say, listen, live it. Mm -hmm. You walk the walk, my bro. I and try. It's, it's uh, so if, and I'll get the I'll get the information. I'll put it on the show notes about how to get in touch with you if they want to bring you in to speak, uh, if they want to hire you. Do you want to talk at all about how that works? Because it's kind of unique, right? Right. So basically, I do it as something kind of like my ministry. Mm -hmm. um, so so basically, what I ask is uh, you know, one strong family uh, is is the company that owns family, the brand of family. Uh, Mike Manhart, it's uh, onestrongfamily.org, uh, and, uh, no, I'm sorry, onestrongfamily.com, mm -hmm. and um, 
So basically what we do is you, you can buy bands or you can buy things with your logos on it and whatever, either wristbands or shirts or something like that. Strongfamily.com. Right. And we would bring that in. We would, we would bring that in um, to your place, your establishment. Mm-hmm. And all you have to do is just play for travel and lodging and uh, for me. And I don't charge anything. Um, I, you know, something normally like you put a value on it. It's probably a value of like $2,500 for me to spend a day within your organization. Mm-hmm. And what I would ask is that you just uh, have your staff or your team uh, vote on an mm-hmm. organization local within the town, your community, and mm-hmm. donate that back to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and to spread the word. And you know, like if I've sat in front of 500 people or in front of three people, and if I get one person to change their life, it's one person at a time, you know? And mm-hmm. it's just, a, it's a, I think it's a great message. And, and it does help. It mm-hmm. does help with internal behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I said, I, I own a company with all those team members and there's people that are connivers and they're about themselves and they want to put the, they want to put the, the, oh, look at, you know, Joe's going to see I got the family band. It's either you wear it to live it or you <laughs> put it on to remind you or what's it all about. Right. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, and then, you know, you can reach me at joe at joeleons.com. Um, that's, that's my uh, email. And then you just put in the subject family. Uh, joeleons.com. Yeah. It's just something that I do as a, as a side thing. It makes me feel good to walk away and just to talk to people to say, you know, that I changed someone's life. And if you're ever in Point Pleasant Beach or the other store is in Seeger, Seeger, yeah. Seeger and the Jersey Shore, first of all, it's beautiful down here, even today in the freezing cold. Um, and uh, stop into the store and you'll, you'll just, it'll feel different. That's all I can tell you. And you'll, you'll know every time I walk in, I, I, I pick up something different. And I, and I always like you, like you've changed your checkout process. You changed the, the, how that's handled and you've moved there's always some changes that occur covid really right? change a lot yeah yeah but no no there's always a little there's always a little something you know and i like like what i noticed and i told you this before i said you go to this to the shop right, and that and that where you make the sandwiches which was a relatively new thing and and there's huge beautiful red tomatoes that look like they're on a magazine cover and everything is the presentation and speaking of the pursuit, you have a very specific pursuit cutter, right? Mm-hmm. Talk, talk about that just for a sec, because you talked, I wanted to get it to you earlier, because you were talking about, you know, delivery and how the cheeses roll, but the pursuit, when you order some pursuit, it's, it's like you're, it's, it's like you're being giving um, uh, a key to a city, or, or, or <laughs> you're handed a, a gold leaf uh, pamphlet of, uh, you know, the, the Celtic Bible, but you have, you have to see it to believe it. So like what we do, yeah. like we said, we, pres- we, we we have other customers across the street, I'm, I'm sorry, other places across the street. Yeah. You know, it's all about the packaging, the branding yeah. and how we layer it out. So we take our time, we don't stack our prosciutto. And we have a slicer that is actually a hand crank slicer where we took the electric off the slicer and having it a hand crank so that it cuts it thin and shaves it like a knife and you have a nice solid piece of prosciutto. Isn't there like a limited number in the, in the United States or something like that? Or yeah, there's there's probably only about ten of these machines or something like it's that. Like and ten then, of them in the United and States, then, and then the other I would say probably eight of them are just showpieces. Nobody really uses them because they're very expensive. 
Uh, but it's, uh, you know, it's important. Now, now remember, that's for an average bill sale of $30. That to that level of detail, right? And, and, you, and you, you can't, I mean, to me, I mean, well, maybe it's just me, but I can't help notice like these little things that, why? And, I, and now I know there's reasons behind all this stuff. So let me tell you, it's a fascinating experience. So Joe, last question I got to ask, I ask everybody this question and it has got nothing to do with what we talked to, but if you had an opportunity, you can go back any day, time, era with any person, where would you go? Like just, what would you, where would you go to? Anytime, any time, any time, any time in history. Personally, like the person thing. You need it. You want to go back to Civil War? You want to go back to, you know, Jesus Christ days? I mean, I would love that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. So, yeah, I would love to go. Like, I would just love to see him on Earth. Jerusalem. Jerusalem. I'm, you know, that's one of my goals when I'm 50. Yeah. To go to uh, the Holy Land. Young guy, huh? 45. 45. But I, I would like to go to the Holy Land. That would be a great thing. Yeah. Uh, I would uh, really. Uh, That's awesome. Uh, yeah, that that would have been uh, something else, you know. I got to ask you one more question. Go ahead. What advice would you give to someone like yourself, your younger self, who's 17, 18 years old, has ideas and thoughts? What would you say to them? Hmm. Well, I've got a 20-year-old son, but he doesn't seem to think about anything that I tell him. He doesn't listen to anything I say to him. And my daughter's 18. Um, I would say don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. And that to every day that you put your feet on the floor out of bed, appreciate that you're an American. Because there's nothing like this country. And nothing tastes as good as the American dream, especially when you build it from 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 where it's at, you know, like from the start, you know. And, and it's that that's the key, that's the real key, you know. When you say you built it with your two hands, you can literally say I built it with my two hands. Exactly right. And, and awesome. but but I had other people help me along with it. I understand that. And you know, and you know, my daughter got a little uh, emotional because it, with COVID, it kind of scared us. I mean, like food industry, it's like really. Crazy, oh, it's crazy times, you know, and uh, it's taken a mental toll. I don't think we've even, yeah, I don't think we've even understood. It's, it's been tough. And my daughter's like, Dad, what if, you know, Joe Leone's and you have to shut down Joe Leone's or something happens and, and this, that, and the other. And I said to him, I said to her, don't ever feel bad for me because I tasted it. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people taste it. Mm-hmm. But I wish that for all my kids, friends, family, mm-hmm. go out and take it. Get it, take it for what it is, because this is really the only place in the world you can do this. Mm-hmm. Even though, like, you go to different countries and there's a lot of wealthy other people, but yeah. here you can be uh, on the street and a billionaire in a penthouse apartment in New York City someday. <laughs> you know? All right. So, again, thanks, Joe, for your time, your you. expertise. Um, taught me again a lot and I've heard you talk some of this before but again it just it just puts it so much you frame it so well and it's so easy to understand and to me it's so relevant to what we do it's so relevant to almost any service business in dentistry whether we're serving teeth or whether we're serving bread or whether we're serving hotel guests you know it's hey, listen, a service you business. keep them chomping I'll keep feeding them right <laughs>
You gotta you get good, good, healthy teeth, and you get you gotta, good, you good gotta, food. You gotta have good teeth to eat the food. So just keep everyone's teeth nice That's and healthy sad. out there, you know. Amen. All right. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Fee for Service Dentist Podcast. If you would like to share your fee for service story, please fill out our contact form at ffsdentistry.com. Also, be sure to join our Fee for Service Dentistry Facebook group. For help starting your dental membership plan, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com and membershipmastercourse.com. Finally, for help with in-house financing, visit dentalfinancingdirect.com. And don't forget, your story is what you make of it. This is your name on the door and your reputation on the line. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time.